So today we're gonna to be talking about Christian fellowship. And what is Christian fellowship? What are the first things that come to our mind when we think about Christian fellowship? You know, one of the things that comes to my mind is food, right? We're Baptists in here, correct? And so when we think about Christian fellowship, how many of you do you like oatmeal raisin cookies? Let me see. Wow, a good many of you. How many of you like chocolate chip cookies? So what's funny is most of you that raised your hand about oatmeal, oatmeal uh, raisin cookies also like chocolate chip cookies, right? We have those both things. The problem with that is in Christian fellowship is you people that like oatmeal uh, raisin cookies, y'all always eat the chocolate chip ones, right? If there are five of us and one of you likes oatmeal raisin and there's five cookies and four of them are chocolate chip and there's one oatmeal raisin, that one person that likes oatmeal raisin will always get the chocolate chip. And then when I come around, I can't have a chocolate chip because there's only an oatmeal raisin and I do not like raisins. And so at that point, I'm like searching out the person going, okay, who got the chocolate chip cookie? And it's ugly and messy when we think about Christian fellowship, right? Because those things bother us, don't they? Maybe I'm it. <laughs> Maybe I'm the only one that's bothered by that. that Y'all now know one of my pet peeves, huh? You know, or, or what about those people? How many of you in here like tofu? I know there's, I know, yeah, exactly. I know there's a couple of you, so go ahead and raise your hand. How many of you like meat? Uh, amen, exactly. But guess what those tofu people do? They eat the meat. And then I come around and they're like, oh, it tastes just like meat. You're going to be fine. Here, let me serve you some. You won't tell the difference. Oh, no, but you do. <laughs> and so in those moments, I'm like, God, why do I have to come together with these people? Why can't they all just be like me and agree with me? You know, or maybe we feel that way about what we wear on Sunday. Maybe some of you are suit and tie kind of people. Others of you are blue jeans and t-shirt kind of people. And you come to church and you're just bothered by that. You're just bothered by why does that guy always have to wear a suit and tie? Relax a little bit or vice versa or all those things. It just gets messy when it comes to putting us all together in one place, doesn't it? But guess what? All of those things that I just mentioned that is not Christian fellowship. That is fellowship at the country club. That's fellowship when we gather at a school event or something of that nature. That is not what Christian fellowship is. What Christian fellowship does for us, it's a means to perseverance. That's what Christian fellowship is. When we think about Christian fellowship, what we should be thinking about is not the things that I just talked about, no, what we should be thinking about is the fact that we get to come together right now in this moment, in this room, gather together as a body of believers. That's what we should be thinking about. We should be thinking about the fact that we get to gather together here in a little bit at the end of this service, and we're going to share with one another in the body of Christ, in the blood, and in the resurrection through communion, through the Lord's Supper. Those are the things that we should be thinking about. We should be thinking about the fact that we get to come together in tithes and offerings and be a part of the ministry to the saints through the cooperative program and those kind of things. That is what we should think about when we think about Christian fellowship and bringing together one another in a common bond together with those things. 
we should also be willing to share in the suffering of Christ. We all have our sufferings and we all have our things, but when I come alongside of you and I share with you in the suffering for the gospel, and I walk along with you as you struggle through that, or vice versa, as you come alongside of me as we struggle through the sufferings of Christ. Paul talks a lot about sharing in the suffering of Christ. When we get right down to what is Christian fellowship, it's sharing. It's not about my preferences. It's not about what I would like to see or what's comfortable or not comfortable or any of things. It's about how I share with you in communion with God. It's about how I share with you in this moment of worship and our small groups that we just came from. That is what Christian fellowship looks like. But yet it's still ugly, isn't it? All of those sound wonderful and great, and you would think with those things, why wouldn't we all come to get together and just be excited and ready for this moment and for this day? But oftentimes for us, it's, oh, I've got to go again. Oh, the service is gonna go long. Thanks, Scott, you just let me know that we're having the Lord's Supper after you finish preaching. Some of you thought that in that moment. But know that I get to come together. I get to come together with my fellow brothers and sisters and commune together in communion and in the Lord's Supper. Or as I give a tithe and an offering, that I get to partake in what God is doing around the world and the ministry to the saints and how he's using you and me and others. I get to be a part of that, not that I have to be a part of that. And if we're not careful, we lose Christian fellowship because our attitudes turn to our preferences and our attitudes turn to, I've got to do this. I don't wanna do this, but okay, I'll do it because this is what I need. Our attitude needs to be, thank you, Lord, that I get to come today to gather with other believers. When was the last time that we woke up on a Sunday morning before we came to small group and said, thank you, Lord, that I get to teach that class. Thank you, Lord, that I get to come together with other people and just persevere with one another. Encourage them that there is a tomorrow. Encourage them that there is a plan and God's plan is perfect and it's holy. When was the last time that I felt that or I even thought those things? I want us to look at a scripture in Hebrews chapter three. And we're gonna be looking at Hebrews chapter three, starting with verse 12. <coughs> Excuse me. Hebrews chapter three, starting with verse 12. Watch out brothers and sisters so that there won't be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But encourage each other daily while it is still called today so that none of you is hardened by sin's deceptions. For we have become participants in Christ if we hold firmly until the end of the reality that we had at the start. Why is Christian fellowship messy? We see it in this scripture, don't we? The very first thing that he says there, watch out brothers and sisters so that there won't be any of you, any of you an evil, unbelieving heart. So we see two things right there, that our hearts won't be evil 
and then our hearts won't be unbelieving. The problem is sometimes when we come together in Christian fellowship, this is some of our hearts. And so when we think about worship and we think about communion and we think about the Lord's Supper, we think about giving our tithes and offerings, we think about the suffering of Christ, that is not a pretty, nice, wonderful, rosy thing. And a lot of times we get in the way of those things because of the condition of our heart. He goes on and, and he says, for we have become, uh, I'm sorry, uh, so that none of you is hardened by sin's deception. So we see an evil heart, an unbelieving heart. And then he says that your hearts are not hardened by what? Sin's deception. And so when you start factoring in all of these things, when you factor in an evil heart, an unbelieving heart that turns away from God, when you factor in a hardened heart and, and sin's deception, that makes Christian fellowship messy. That's one of the areas when we come together, that's why we have dissension. And that's why we have all of those things and our, our Christian fellowship turns to us. And our Christian fellowship turns to my preferences and those type things. And I miss what God is doing in the body of Christ. But verse 13, verse 13, in fellowship, we encourage each other daily while it is still called today. So what do we do? How do we persevere in this world? How do we persevere in keeping Christian fellowship and unity Verse 13, we encourage each other while it's still called today. Don't wait for tomorrow. Don't wait until there's times of trouble. Don't wait until things aren't going the way we think they should go and then we'll remind each other of what Christian fellowship is. No, when we see that there is an evil, there is an unbelieving heart, we come alongside of those people and we share the gospel and we encourage them in God's word. We show them who Jesus Christ is and the love of Jesus Christ. When we come along in this building or in this moment or in our jobs or wherever it is and we come beside other people and we see that there is sin and we see that people are falling into the deceitfulness of sin, no, we come alongside of that brother and sister and we encourage them beyond that sin. We help them to see that, hey, the direction you're headed, it may sound good, it may look good, all of those things, but don't be deceived in this moment. And we walk alongside of each other in Christian fellowship and sharing those hurts and those burdens. Because guess what? None of us are exempt from any of those things that I just mentioned. At one point, my heart was evil and unbelieving and rejecting who God was in my life. There are times that I am deceived by Satan, the traps that he sets before me, and I'm blind to those things. There are times that I'm just wearing blinders because I'm so focused on me and what I think we ought to do and where I think we ought to go and all of those things that I don't have, I have blinders on that I don't see the very things that are in my own heart, in my own life. And I reject those things and I need you I need you to come alongside of me 
and remind me and help me to see that pitfall. Help me to see that area, that landmine that I'm about to step on. That is what Christian fellowship is. Encouraging one another, not just when things are bad, but today. I want you to think about that just for a moment. Were you encouraged by someone today? Did you encourage someone today? Now, for those of you who are like me, that you wake up in the morning and there's five kids in your house all under the age of nine, and you and your wife are trying to get ready and trying to get yourselves ready and also trying to get the kids ready and all of those things, there's not a lot of encouraging words all the time coming out of our mouths. And our children aren't exactly being encouraging to one another. The fight this morning in my household was who was going to ride to church with daddy. I, I can only fit three of my kids in my truck. That's all I have room for. And so it's always an argument about who gets to ride with daddy to church in the mornings on the way. And so I had one of my children telling the other child, you can't go. I want my other, one, my other sibling to go. I'm going to take our other brother today. And I'm having to go, no, we, we don't talk this way to one another. We need to be encouraging to one another. And then we get in an argument this morning about how we are dealing with the toothpaste tube. And for those of you that know me, well, I'm, I'm very OCD in a lot of areas. And my toothpaste tube is one of those areas that I'm very OCD about. And I have this one child that comes in and thinks he needs to squeeze the toothpaste out. And he needs to take his toothbrush and wipe it across the top. No, 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 no. We need to have a lesson on how to do this. And so Amy has the kids in the bathroom this morning after she's asked me to leave because I'm not being very encouraging in that moment, <laughs> trying to teach the children how to properly get the toothpaste out of the tube onto the toothbrush. Or they spit in the sink and they don't spit by the drain. No, they spit right on the edge part that the water doesn't reach and you're having to try to get it, y'all all understand my pain, right? <laughs> and so you wouldn't think brushing your teeth would be such a complex thing, but it is. And so we have those mornings, don't we? You know, I caught myself this morning coming to, to church and we're driving down the road and the boys are back there bickering about something and I'm griping at them. And then I'm realizing, Lord, I'm about to preach a sermon on encouraging the body of Christ and what Christian fellowship. Anybody else in here ever have those moments? Okay, I'm glad I'm not the only one. Hanbury didn't raise his hand. He's like, no, no, my house, okay, there we go. Uh, no. <laughs> Stephanie was over there raising his hand. We. We have those moments in our life that are just tough and hard. And sometimes walking into this building, we're carrying that baggage with us, aren't we? And sometimes it's hard to, to just reprogram ourselves to go, okay, God, encourage me right now so that I can encourage someone else because I don't have much encouragement in my heart right now. And that needs to be our prayer. And we need to stop and think about that before we snap on somebody or before we say something discouraging or those kind of things, or before we get in here and now we're burdened by the fact that, oh my goodness, I'm hungry. I've got this to do or that to do. You know, Sundays can be a, a brutally busy day. 
Some of us, we leave from here and at two o'clock we have a deacons meeting. At three o'clock we have a, a bylaws committee. At three o'clock we have a personnel committee. And you're sometimes going, Where, what is a day of rest? Anybody feel that way? I was telling somebody this morning, Sunday afternoons is a nap time for me. Anybody? Like I get in bed nap on Sunday afternoon. Like don't call me, I'm not, it's not just I fell asleep watching the NASCAR race, no. I get in bed and go to sleep, nap on Sunday. And if I don't get it, my family's like, oh no, give daddy time to nap. You know, my, if I don't get it, my whole week is messed up. And sometimes I've just got to stop and say, God, today I need to be an encouragement to someone else. And so today, Lord, encourage me so that I can encourage someone else. And where do I go to get that encouragement? to scriptures like Hebrews chapter three, that remind me that it's not easy, that remind me that Satan deceives and he is out to deceive and Satan tears down and all of those things and remind me that God, I'm not alone in my sin, but God, you bring about restoration. God, you bring about building up, even in my darkest, lowest, sorriest hours, you bring me back. And sometimes I just need to be reminded of that. And so when I get in God's word and I read these things and I'm reminded of who God is and that he calls me this for today, don't miss that word. I don't know about you, but in my Bible, today is highlighted in black. It's bolded and black in my Bible because it's a focus point. It's to say, you know what? This isn't just occasionally. This isn't something that we need here and there. No, we need this and we need to do this every single day. So let's start with today. What would that look like? If before I leave this building today, I speak a word of encouragement to someone today. Maybe they're sitting on the pew with you and you just say to them, I'm so glad that you're here today with me, thank you. That you speak a word of encouragement to someone that you know has just been struggling. Whatever it may be, you might not even know that person's been struggling and you just go to them and you just say, thank you for you today. Think about that. Or if we just stopped and we just said, not only am I going to pray for you, I want you to know that I'm going to pray for you today. I'm not going to just pray for you later in the week. I'm going to pray for you today. And don't just give lip service because that's easy to do. And I've done it a thousand times over, but know that I literally will stop in my day and I will pray for that person that I told them that I would pray for them. What does that look like in your life for someone else? It's huge, it's so big. We all need that. How many of you, is it easy just to be cynical? Me, it's easy, I enjoy it. I feel good about it. Anybody else that way? I'm sarcastic, I'm all of those things. And so for me, sometimes I've got to remember, no God, today let me be an encouragement. Let me not just be cynical to whatever the situation. 
Let me not just respond with sarcasm, but let me respond with genuine, true love. There's a scripture in 1 Samuel. And in the scripture, it's 1 Samuel chapter 23, verse 16. It's gonna be on the screen. And in the scripture, David has had to flee from the palace of Saul because Saul wants to kill him. And Saul's out to kill him. And he comes in, the, in this, and this is what it says, maybe. I didn't mark it in my Bible and I don't have it memorized. So, but in, in essence, what J- Jonathan, who is Saul's, Saul's son, he goes to David. He finds David in that place and he goes to David and he encourages him in the Lord. David's in a bad place. He's hurting, he's running, he's, he's homeless in essence. And it's, there we go, chapter 16, thank you. And the king said, you shall surely die you and all your father's house. And he goes on from there and Jonathan then goes and he brings him up and encourages him in the Lord. This is Saul's son. Is that not a betrayal of your father? No, he was a brother in Christ with David. Think about that for a moment. He is a brother in Christ with David. And so he goes in David's darkest hour and he seeks him out, knowing that his father would not be okay with that. And he builds him up. There's another great story. In 1555, Hugh Lattimore said to Nicholas Ridley as they were being burned at the stake, he says, he says, we shall this day light such a candle and but shall it never be put out. Here are two men that are being burned at the stake and the other one looks at his brother and he encourages him in that moment of death. Not just certain death, but horrific death. And he encourages him in that moment and he say, may this, we be that candle. Today, they're about to light us on fire and we are going to be a candle that will last for eternity. To show people the love of Jesus Christ, to show people who he is. This is in 1555, and here we are at Hardy Street Baptist Church in 2021 talking about that very thing. That candle still burns today because of their faithfulness to Jesus Christ, that they were willing to go to the stake. They were able to persevere going to the stake with one another because of Christian fellowship, not because they just were these unbelievable men that just had it all figured out. No, it was because they were encouraging each other even in the moment of going to the state. Think about that for a moment. Am I an encouragement to other people even in my darkest hour? Do I think about that? Do I think about what that means? Even in my darkest hour, am I willing to look over at the person that's suffering with me and encourage them in that moment? Oftentimes what we think of Christian fellowship is when everything's going right and everything's wonderful. It's not just that moment, is it? Christian fellowship, encouragement of one another today may mean in the midst of standing in a fire. Do you encourage your fellow brother and sister even in that moment? So we're about to take communion. And Pastor Scott's gonna come up and he's gonna lead us in that And I just want you to stop and think about everything that we've talked about just now. Have I been encouragement to someone else today? And Lord, if I haven't, right now in this moment, 
I need your encouragement. And if we don't understand God's encouragement, man, the Lord's Supper is an amazing way to encourage us in who he is and, and where we are going and to persevere in the hardships of life. Because we're about to get to take a moment to remember what Jesus did when he went to that cross and his body and the torment that his body took and what his blood means for us and that it wasn't the end. It wasn't the end. How amazing is that? So as we partake in the communion in this moment, what does that look like? Duana's gonna come up and she's gonna play and Pastor Scott's gonna come up and he's gonna lead. And as they're coming, I just wanna pray for us. And then we're gonna go into that time of communion. So let me pray for you right now. Daring Father God, thank you that Lord, you have called us to persevere. And that God, you have not called us to persevere alone, but God, you have called us to persevere in Christian fellowship with one another. Thank you, God, for this moment that we are gathered in this room right now, together with other believers, unified in who you are. Lord, may I look forward to the fellowship that I have with these people right here, right now. May I look forward to knowing that I don't have to walk alone. Lord, encourage me in this moment right now, Lord, so that I may be an encouragement to others. Lord, help me when I stand in the fire to encourage the brother or sister that's next to me in that moment. Lord, protect me from the deceitfulness of sin. Protect me from my heart and heart. Lord, protect me from evil and evil thoughts and Satan attacking my mind and all of those things. Protect me from those things. Lord, I pray that prayer over every person that is in this room right now. Lord, we love you. We thank you for this time that we get to come together in communion with you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.